Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So after about maybe a week, week and a half of the Penguins being completely dormant with moves, um, they made a couple big front office moves today. The four, first, of course, being Jason Carmanos, the assistant general manager, well, former assistant general manager, was relieved of his duties. Sam Ventura takes over in an interim role. And then they also hired, well, just as we're recording this, Trevor Daly has been hired as a hockey operations, uh, geez, I already forgot the tweet, hockey operations advisor to Jim Rutherford. So um, helping me dissect these moves today is Tyler from Penguin's Twitter. His Twitter is at iFishyHD. That's honestly one of the greatest Twitter handles of all time. So Tyler, how are we doing today, man? Good. How you doing, man? Not doing too, too bad. Uh, this was definitely unexpected. I came into today not really knowing what I was going to be talking about on the podcast today just because it's so quiet right now around the league. No one really knows when the season's going to start. Free agency has just died off so quick. So, but, you know, the Penguins at least has given us a couple things to talk about. So when you first read that Carmanos was out and Ventura was taking over in an interim role, uh, you know, just what, what were your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't really think anybody probably has any serious thoughts on Comanis. Like, we don't really know what his opinions are on anything. But I definitely thought it was interesting that we were subtracting somebody from the front office when all summer they said they wanted to add another person to what they already had. So I don't think it's done. I don't think so either. I mean, you, you tweeted about this on your Twitter too. I mean, I agree with you. This definitely opens the door for Jason Bottrell coming back. I would expect an announcement if they're going to bring him back in, what, the next day or so. I mean, hell, it even could be today for all we know. But, I mean, it would not surprise me in the slightest if he is brought back as an assistant GM. And, you know, hopefully Sam, you know, the big thing is here is I hope Sam Ventura can keep that assistant GM role full time after the um, the interim period. Um, I think you had like a great uh, suggestion. You, know, you can bring Bottrell back as an assistant and then have Ventura as an associate to Jim. Or honestly, you can just have both of them as assistants because they never really replaced um, Billy Guerin when he went to Minnesota since he was an assistant GM. So having both of those guys there as assistants to Jim, um, they're both pretty, you know, analytical. You know, they lose a lot of analytics, I think, with their signings and trades. Um, I know Bottrell was bad in Buffalo and didn't, didn't look like he used them there. But, you know, when he was with Pittsburgh, um, I, I could definitely tell that he was key in making some of those moves. Yeah, I agree. I think Bottrell would be a good person to bring back maybe because he's kind of shown us he, he has a way of reigning in Jim Rutherford, which isn't a something that not a lot of people seem to possess. And yeah, he was he was pretty bad in Buffalo, but he you're right, he's he's analytically inclined and he did build a, a two time Stanley Cup winning core with, with Jim. So I, I hope you'd get him back. And I agree. I, I really hope they keep Sam and Tur in some kind of uh, elevated role compared to where he was before, which was director of hockey research and development i'd I'd really like to see him stay with some kind of gm tag next to his name yeah i agree and you know maybe this is all just a setup for a few years from now if jim rutherford uh, resigns where sam ventura is the penguins official general manager uh, i think honestly a lot of people would sign up for that i mean i would be totally down for just because you know how analytically inclined he is and he just seems like he's just on the rise, I think, in the hockey community. And, you know, the fact that Rutherford let go of Carmanos, who he's worked with for a number of years, 
um, instead of Ventura, who I think has only been with the team for three to four years. I think that honestly shows that he likes Sam. He values what, you know, he like he likes what he brings to the hockey operations department. And even though, I mean, I'm sure Sam probably doesn't want the team to sign Jack Johnson or Cody Cece or Mike Matheson. I mean, like I said, just, I think it shows that Jim has a really good relationship with Sam and that, you know, he, he definitely still, I think values his opinion on stuff. Yeah. That's the weird thing is, you know, I don't want to be a hater of anybody or anything, but it seems like Rutherford, I don't want to say it was dismissive of Sam in the past, but like you said, I doubt Sam was uh, lining up to have Jim go call Jack Johnson or Cody Cece or anything. So to see him in an elevated role, even right now, it's temporarily, we'll have to see all what else shakes out. You're right. I, I do think it does show that he values his opinion, maybe even more than we, we thought in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I think like maybe if Sam just says, oh, you shouldn't sign this player, maybe Jim just goes against it because, you know, old hockey head, the hockey operations staff that don't use analytic as much, analytics as much, they're just like, yeah, do it, you know, whatever. But, you know, hopefully that if with Sam in an elevated role and if he gets that position full time, he'll have more of a say in these, you know, roster management and NHL signings, trades, all that good stuff. And, you know, I mean, Jason Bodrey, he'll definitely have a big say just because he's, like you said, he's been here for many years. He helped Jim Rutherford with the 2016 and 2017 Cup team. So be really interested to see if they do bring him back in. Lastly, so Tyler, right before we started recording, they brought the Penguins bring back Trevor Daly. He announces his retirement from the NHL after, what was it, 16 seasons. He just played his last few with the Detroit Red Wings. He is a hockey operations advisor. Um, the Penguins tweeted out in his new role, he will be based out of Pittsburgh and report directly to Jim, assisting in player evaluations at the NHL and AHL level, as well as acting as an eye in the sky for the coaching staff during games. You know, when you hear that, Tyler, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that move? Um, good for Trevor Daly. Good to see him back in Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm sure this is probably a place he wanted to be, probably a place he remembers very fondly. I mean, it's hard to know exactly what he'll do. I, I do think one thing, that sitting here thinking about it I like about it is Trevor Daly played some pretty fast-paced hockey he like to he like to score goals as a defenseman and use his foot speed so mm-hmm. hopefully he can be somebody who brings the speed initiative back into the organization yeah I agree I mean hopefully he can go out and help Jim acquire players that actually fit the system you know that aren't slow like Jack Johnson or even Cody CC. but you know we're going to talk about Cody CC coming up in the next segment but you know he just he he played the style that you know the penguins wanted in 2016 and 17 i know his numbers analytically weren't always the best his possession wasn't really good i don't think honestly it was ever good for his career but you know he can move the puck up the ice well he had a nice shot like you said he scored a bunch of goals a good playmaker i thought too i know he was suspect in the defensive zone but like i said like those those are the kind of defensemen that i think the penguins need to acquire um, in future years, I mean, obviously, you know, you can add on the better in the defensive zone part, but, you know, I'm really hoping that Trevor can, you know, actually assist Jim in some player development, player management, roster management, whatever he's going to do for the Penguins. So, but like I said, it's good that he is back. I didn't expect him to be back. I honestly thought he was going to be signing with another team. I did not think he was going to be announcing his retirement um, after the season, but you know, I guess Tyler, once you play three years with a really awful Detroit Red Wings team, maybe that takes a toll on you. 
Yeah, I can't imagine he was uh, dying to go sign with another rebuilding team after that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't um, think so either. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just um, – yeah, I, I'm glad to see him back. I I don't think, yeah, he wanted to be in a rebuilding position anymore. That certainly takes a toll on you, especially after he won back-to-back cups and then probably lost more games in a combined those three seasons than he did in his whole career. Yeah, <laughs> that was – it, it it must have been really, really hard to play for the Red Wings. They were just truly awful. I was surprised, honestly, he wasn't traded during one of those three years to a contender to go win another Stanley Cup. I mean, I guess he didn't really care that much because he had to. But, you know, if I were him, I honestly probably would have asked out. But, you know, like I said, go bet he's back in Pittsburgh. Hopefully he makes – well, hopefully he helps Jim in not making mistakes because, you know, he's always been making mistakes these last few years. But, Tyler, it, it seems like just before we get to the commercial break – you know, there's a, this this a lot of this firing just seems sketchy. I mean, we're definitely seeing some conspiracy theories out there. I mean, Jeff Latang Colt has a pretty big one on his Twitter right now. Please go follow him at Latang Colt. That this could be a ownership kind of thing. Basically, uh, Mike DeFabo of the uh, uh, Post Gazette. That's right. I almost mixed up the two papers there. The accident. So he basically he asked Rutherford about this firing, and he said, "I'm not going to get into the reasons." So. Tyler, something definitely seems fishy here. Um, you know, Jeff seems to do think that, you know, this could be a big, you know, shift. I know we were just talking about this too. I mean, could this be like a big organizational shift to analytics, you think? I mean, for a while now, we've known that Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle stay out of the hockey operation stuff. They usually let Jim or, you know, it was Ray Shiro or Craig Patrick, they let them do their thing. But now it seems like potentially something is changing as we're getting closer to the end of the Crosby Malkin era. You know, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, we really have never had that many big front office changes in Penguins history, period. And, you know, the last big one oh, was obviously watching Shiro and Bowsman go in the same offseason. So you, you see it's like they really wait until they know it's time and then they just kind of revamp the whole thing from the ground up, if that makes sense. And obviously they're not going to do that right now because I don't think Jim Rutherford has been very bad, but I can see the angle where Mario Lemieux says, I don't want to fire him because we only have a year or two left of contention anyway. Do you really want to take a chance of bringing in anybody as a, a brand new GM and say, win a cup this year, or win a cup within the next two years? Like that's a very daunting tasks to put on anybody and you know Rutherford's already been in this position and won two back-to-back cups so I can see why they maybe wouldn't want to go for Rutherford but like you said I, I think this is maybe a little bigger of a development just all the new front office stuff than maybe we we thought at first maybe it's analytics driven maybe Jason Carmen has had some demons he's battling right now or something <laughs> yeah. but if Bottero was brought back, I definitely would say it's a, a shift towards the the analytics. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I mean, we talked about it already, but I mean, I, I think, Tyler, this could be a big step into Sam Ventura being the GM one day. It, it didn't really look like he, he was just the director of hockey research, but you know, say there's a scenario here, you bring Jason Bottrell back, and by all indications are, I think he's going to come back unless they hire Mike Rupp or something like that, God forbid. Um, he is just, he's not cut out to be a, such a general manager. But you say you bring Jason back, have him be the cap guy, 
Maybe you promote Sam to associate GM, and then when Rutherford resigns or retires, or if he's fired, maybe after next year if the Penguins do really bad, which I mean, probably not going to happen, Sam could be right there as an in-house replacement for him. So I mean, I see where some of these theories are coming from. I'm just I'm fully not sold on it just because Mario and Ron have never been around like the hockey operation stuff. But like I said, man, if there's been a shift, I mean, this would definitely make sense. I agree, and it's it is hard to comprehend in a way, like you said, that the owners really usually stay out of all this kind of stuff. But I mean, why was Carmenos fired in the first place? Like I said, maybe he's got some kind of demons going on that we don't know about, whatever, right? But um, if that's not the case, then why let him go? You know what I mean? Like we said earlier, this is a front office that was looking for more help, not less. So, like. I, I do think it could kind of be shaping up for a analytics movement. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, especially if Sam gets that position full time, you got to think Jim is going to give him the green light to go hire a bunch of um, analytics gurus to uh, join his staff. I really do believe that. Yeah. And I'd be excited to see that. I Like you said, I would like to see Sam Ventura take over one day. I, I think he's a phenomenal guy. You know, he knows a lot of stuff. Yeah, I absolutely do. And hopefully you know, this has, they just give him the green light to be more in on hockey operations, you know, moves, you know, with just the roster management, players, free agency signings, and all that. But before we get to our next segment, it's time to talk about Built Bar. There's 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, a few of them, lemon, lemon, almond, cheesecake, carrot cake, apple, almond, crisp. There's still the 12 original flavors, orange, coconut, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors is still the coconut almond, 80 grams of protein, 18 grams of protein, excuse me, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. So, Tyler, it's been a while since you, you know, you've been on this podcast. So, I just wanted to get your thoughts on um, the last Penguin signing, uh, Cody CC. I'm sure you're in the camp that most of us are that it's not a good signing. He's not a good player. He doesn't really bring a lot to this team. But still, wanted to get your thoughts on it. You know, is, do you think there's an outside chance that Ruedel can take that job from him, or do you also see that the Penguins could bench CC just because he doesn't make a lot of money? Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd hope Chad Ruida will get the starting uh, third-pairing right defenseman spot to start the year, but you're you're right. That's probably pretty unlikely. I do think there's a chance that um, Ruido could take that spot back because I don't think we'll be married to Cody Cece the same way we were to Jack Johnson or even the same way that we are now to Mike Matheson or anybody. So I, I think there's a chance Cece can be okay. Like, I the thing you want from him is just not to kill you. I don't think he's ever going to make us a better team really, but hopefully he just doesn't kill us in the same way that Jack Johnson did kill us. I mean, the thing that is so confusing about it is Chad Ruedel was a a relatively perfect partner for Mike Matheson. Mm -hmm. Chad Ruedel is an awesome five V five defender. Like, I don't know what else you, you really wanted They're They bought CC because they think he is what Chad Ruedel already is, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's a way. Honestly, I didn't think of it that way. 
I mean, you're right about Ruido, though. His 5v5 numbers offensively and defensively are perfectly fine for a third-pairing role. Makes 700k for this season and I think for the next season as well. You combine that with Matheson's pretty high cap hit of almost 5 million. I mean, it's not that much for the third pairing, but now you're adding CC, which is a bit more. I think it's like closer to 7 million, 6, 6 point something closer to 7 million. And now you have a third pairing of Matheson, who is good offensively, but trash defensively. And then you have CC on the other side, who has a terrible shot, cannot move the puck up the ice. I think his zone entries, zone exits per 60 are some of the worst in the league. And oh yeah, he really can't defend in his defensive zone. But I, I agree with you as well. As long as he doesn't barf all over himself, like Jack Johnson did for virtually every game of his Penguins tenure, especially in the playoffs against Montreal, it's an upgrade. And, and that's a weird way. To, it's a funny way to say it. But honestly, man, like he probably is an upgrade over Jack Johnson. Yeah, I'd agree there. I mean, maybe hopefully somehow Eric Gabranson played some really good hockey yep. for us. So, I mean, maybe they think Cody Cece can replicate that in a way, but. So, like we said before, Chad Ruido's already showed that he's better anyway, so it's really just a, you're taking an unnecessary risk, really. Yeah, and I think they're going to hope that Todd Reardon can work some magic for him. I mean, we all know that Chris Letang had some really good years under Reardon. Um, he's, people are starting to call him the defensive whisperer again. I'm not really going to buy into that just because people said the same thing about Sergei Gonshar. I mean, yeah, I worked for a couple with Jamie Alexiak, like you said, Eric Goodbranson before he turned back into a pumpkin. But, you know, people try to use that same thing with Jack Johnson. It didn't work. You know, they try to use the same thing for, um, I'm trying I'm just trying to put, I mean, Justin Schultz, it, it worked for a little bit, but, you know, as he started to get more minutes and then, you know, after the injuries, just wasn't the same player. And for some reason, they didn't want to bench him, even though they publicly trashed him on the way out. But, I mean, I think the good part is, like I said, it, and I'm glad you agreed, you know, they can actually bench CC if he plays bad. He makes $1.2 million for one season. It's not five years of Jack Johnson while making $3.25 million per season. I guess probably that was the biggest reason why they didn't want to bench him. Although it's a crappy reason, like, I guess that's why they did that. Yeah, I mean, it's in the end, I guess it's just depth either way. The the thing with the defensive whisper is we're trying to sign players who have already either passed their prime yeah. or are really as good as they're ever going to be. Like most of these guys that we're talking about are like 27 or older. These aren't young players that you can really, you know, mold into a certain certain breed of defenseman that you want to have on your team these are guys who have proven what they are as a commodity to an nhl team and I, the penguins have kind of fooled themselves into thinking that they can fix everybody rather than just fix one or two guys you know what i mean yeah that's the best way to honestly say it you know they, they think oh yeah we did this once with alexia we did this once with good branson we did it for a little bit with schultz oh we can do anyone and like i said like that's the, the exact reasoning that they had with jack johnson and then you know what it didn't work because he played at a below replacement nhl player honestly he played at a, at a level of like an ahl player so i mean i think a lot of jim rutherford's plans you know it's just like throwing shit at a wall and hoping it sticks and, you know, I think that's what he's doing for this one with CC. I'm glad it's only a one-year deal. If he stinks, you cut him. You maybe then you can have Chad Ruedel in the full-time spot, though. A lot of me is hoping that Ruedel takes that full-time spot this season and actually beats him out in training camp. 
Yeah, that's exciting, too. Is I, I think we're going to have one of the most competitive training camps we've seen the Penguins have in a, a super long time. Like, we have a, a bunch of forwards that are trying to fight for those third and fourth line spots, and we have eight defensemen. And, you know, if everybody's plan is that Yusa Riquila and Chad Ruiz both are on the bench, like, those are two really good defensemen, too, to, that can go into training camp and prove their case. So, I mean, I think the roster will shake out a lot like what we think it will already. But, I mean, it's it's going to be a competitive camp regardless. Yeah, it really will be. I'm excited to see it. I'm One more before we move to the next segment. Tyler, do you think Poulin's going to make the team out of camp? Yes. Ooh, okay, okay. I, I like I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm still on the fence about it. I think there's a place for him on the team right now with a couple injuries, of course, to Aston Reese. He's obviously not going to be available till February or March, but I mean, I can see it, especially if I'm just, I'm curious to see what happens there. I don't, I don't know if he really is going to make it because they have a bunch of fours. They just signed with Jankowski and then they brought back Rodriguez and then, you know, Aston Reese is going to be ready. And then of course they like Sam Lafferty. So I just, I don't know if I see it for this year. Do I want it though? Absolutely. The thing with with pulling for me is I'm not a a prospect whisperer by any means or anything, but mm-hmm. I've been trying to go and watch some film of him, and I plan on watching more, especially when hopefully we get a World Juniors this year. That would be amazing. Yeah. But Poulin is a big boy. He's he's like six two two fifteen, and he has a really seemingly well rounded game, which I think is the the reason we could see him in the NHL this year is that. He's not a like a Daniel Sprong type where if he's not scoring a million goals, he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Or I I think Poulin will really impress the coaching staff with how he uses his frame to get the puck in the zone. And he's a really good playmaker and he's a he's a very good passer, it seems like. So I think these are things that the team could really use right now, just in general, because we have a lot of guys who the bottom six isn't really that sexy either way. It it would look a lot sexier if Sam Poulin was playing in the top six and Kasperi Kapanen was on that third line right wing or vice versa. Yeah, that's the perfect spot, you know, for Kapanen is that third line right wing. And would you see, could you see Poulin getting into the top six? I know that's where a lot of people want him. It would be, I think, awesome if he got to play next to Sidney Crosby. But, you know, I've also seen some takes that, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, I mean he's he's gonna produce pretty well, you know, when he comes up. And it's like, I mean, you guys gotta like temper your expectations a bit. I mean, I, there's no doubt he can produce a bit, but you know, there's some people saying that he's gonna be like a 20 goal scorer like right away, and it's like that's just that's not gonna happen. Yeah, um, like I said, I think his playmaking is one of his most underrated parts. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be a thing that would really benefit him playing in the top six if we can get Crosby and Malkin to shoot the puck which that's just dependent on what year it is because they choose what years they shoot the puck and what years they don't (laughs) but but back to uh back to pulling I I would play him in the top six personally because that's I mean that's where he's gonna end up regardless in a year or two anyway if he is what we think he is and I just think you're raising the ceiling of what Sam Poulin can give you if he's playing with Crosby and Malkin. Like Kasperi Kapanen is a he's he's probably just about is what he is. I've seen a lot of people saying that he's he's still young, whatever. I mean, I understand he could certainly break out himself, but I think 
you're benefiting Poulin if you're playing him in the top six just because it it's where he's going to end up. And you want a high-ceiling player like Poulin playing with guys that are going to elevate his floor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you there. I mean, if he doesn't make the team out of camp, I definitely expect him to be a call-up during the season because, Tyler, there's going to be injuries for the Penguins that happens virtually every season. And, you know, I loved your point there, you know, that Crosby they basically, like, they pick and choose which seasons they shoot the fucking score a bunch of goals. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like clockwork. I mean, next season it's probably going to be, like, their big play. Uh, honestly, that next season is probably going to be like their big goal-scoring season because I don't think Sid scored a lot of goals. On this past season, so I would have told. Now I'm not expecting Sid to go like for 40 to 45 next season, so that's going to be a bunch of fun. But I'm um, coming up out of this commercial break. Um, we're going to talk about the EA NHL franchise and why you know it just it's a bad product now. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast, Tyler. I won't keep you too long here, but you know I, I wanted to save this discussion for last. I have not gone in an EA NHL game probably since the 2017 one wasn't bad but then i just i realized that they had the same bugs over and over and over again there's like three to four ways to score the goaltending is just so glitchy in the game um it's just a bad product what what are your thoughts on the nhl franchise well, I didn't buy NHL 21 this year, but that's mostly due to fault of VA because they're not having um, any next-gen versions on PlayStation 5 or the new Xbox. So uh-huh. that's something that's really disappointing to see, especially because you'd think they want the money for that to invest in their, their next product for next-gen, even if it was just a hard copy of NHL 21. You know, they didn't, like... Madden plans on upgrading for next gen and so does 2K mm-hmm. but even if the NHL could just give us a game for this year like that's that's bad to begin with but you're you're 100% right it's mostly the same stuff every year it just seems like they are never able to innovate anything that anybody actually wants whatever they innovated it's not to the benefit of to the the consumer you know what i mean yeah Exactly. And, you know, it's just, you know, the, the threes that they brought in, okay, be a GM mode, whatever, you know, you can simulate those playoffs all you want, you know, you play against the computer or whatever. But, you know, just with online, I, I played a bunch of online versus, you know, when I was a kid, you know, 15, 16, 17, when all those were coming out, you know, played up all the way to NHL 2017. And, you know, I would just, I'd be hoping that they would change something in those, you know, year after year. They would, hopefully they would tweak the goaltending because they would allow some really awful goals, but then they would just make the most ridiculous saves. And it's like, can we just get any consistency here? I mean, the, the big ways to score, they stay the same. A point shot, a point shot deflection, and that stupid, awful cross-ice pass that everyone uses. It is the most cringe part of playing against people in that game. It's just like it's just not skillful to me when people do that. Yeah, it, it, you got the short side wrister and the yep. cross creases, and that takes up about ninety percent of the goals in the game. That was a big reason back when I did play. I was only into uh, um, ESHL, which is the like the sixes mode where you have your whole team play, and they you know one person's left defense, one person's right defense was mm-hmm. because. I found the game to play with the AI is borderline unplayable because the computers just 
Nothing they do makes any sense. Either that or they're gods, and you can't even beat them if you wanted to. I really think that um, EA needs to take a big step forward next year. They um, they haven't moved to the Frostbite 3 engine yet, which is very baffling to me. Um, I don't think if, if anybody... Hopefully somebody like 2K comes out with a new hockey game because if not, I don't think we're ever going to see EA truly listen to their uh, customer base. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, have you seen their uh, their player rankings that they do? They, they release like their top 10 rated defensemen and they just put like Drew Doughty in their top five almost. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Like, what are you guys basing your ranking, your rankings and your ratings off of? I just... Ugh. Uh, it's just it's just gone down the gutter these last two years and I've, what were you say go ahead i've heard before and i can't say if this is true for sure or not but i've heard it is because there is one person who does the ratings for every every player in the nhl video game from the, the nhl to the ahl to shl whatever I, there's one person who does it all and that's just that explains a lot it's just very very embarrassing um what changes do you want to see in the nhl games moving forward you know if you if you just got, were able to put on a hat and make all the changes that you wanted to make there's so many gameplay changes it's hard to start but they'd really just need to refine the gameplay and at least have it make some sort of sense and have real flow to the game. The games feel so clunky anymore, whether it's no matter what you're trying to do, if you're trying to play defense or hit somebody, you, your guys just, it feels like you never really have total control of what's going on in the game because the game has a mind of its own. And I really think they need to invest in things like GM mode and competitive ESHL sixes. They um they choose to just prioritize hot every year and it's for the short term gain of their pockets and that's very depressing as well. Yeah, I never did a lot of hut when I was playing. I would check it out as I know I saw some people would stream it on Twitch. I would check it out. It honestly just wasn't it didn't look that fun to play. But I mean, if they're just gonna make all those changes to that, but not to like the actual gameplay mechanics and you know, maybe creating more ways to score, or, you know, just changing the goaltending. I mean, one of the funniest stories, I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast before. I don't, I don't think I've told it to, honestly, too many people in this game. I was playing an online versus game. I think this was NHL 16. Up 2-1, to one, less than five seconds to go in the third period. Guy has a face-off in my own end. Um, don't, it doesn't even have the goalie pull. I'm going to win this game. I win the face-off back, goes off my goalie and in. It just goes off his skate and then I literally sat there, mouth open, probably threw my controller at the couch. And I was just like, I won the game in overtime, but I was just like, how is that a mechanic in this game? <laughs> oh, I've done that. Um, buddy that I used to play with in uh, sixes, I, man, I did that to him one time. I was the center and I took the face off and just put it right between his five hole and he was very mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> not happy it was so oh it was so whack i won the face off back goes through my goalie's five hole and in i was like what <laughs> oh man i just i despise that franchise hopefully it gets better you know for the next one i don't i mean i saw some people have been tweeting on twitter that they may not be getting it it's like yeah join the movement it, you, hopefully they make some actual changes 
coming up soon. Maybe for even NHL 2020, NHL 22 or something like that, but that's far away from now. But, um, Tyler, I really appreciate you coming on, man, um, especially on such short notice. Uh, the Penguins finally were able to make some moves today. Well, not player-related, but management-related, so I really appreciate you coming on uh, this episode. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's always a great time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you guys don't remember, follow Tyler on Twitter at iFishyHD. We'll have another episode of this podcast coming for you all tomorrow, so I hope you all have a great rest of your day.